Hello, hello, hello. Okay, you hear me? Okay, good morning, happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath, everyone. Good to see you again. Uh, how is everyone? General question. Good, ah. Okay, that's good. I'm good too. I just came from holiday, so I'm very refreshed. Okay, well, uh, it's good to see everyone here again. I think there are a few new new faces in church. Anyone like to introduce themselves? Okay, maybe. Hmm. Huh? Anyone want to say hi? You know, it's okay. We don't bite. Just say your name. You know. Okay. I come to you, lah. Live stream people anyway a bit. Hi, very good morning. Uh, happy Sabbath to everybody. I'm Patricia Sim. Uh, this is my first time to uh, this church here. So nice to meet you all. Thank you. Okay, welcome, welcome. Anyone else? Don't have. Uh. Okay. Never mind, it's okay. Even if you. Oh. Here? Okay, wait, ah. Uh. This is Ella. It's her first time to church. <laughs> Welcome, Ella. Okay, that's good. New people is good news. Okay, so if you're still shy, it's okay. You can still say hi to the other church members after the service. Okay, so okay, la, let's begin the worship, okay? So before we start, let us read a verse. If you all can, turn to Romans. Announcement. Oh, announcement is first now. Okay, sorry. Okay, let's start with announcements. Okay, so first, we are looking for volunteers to organize the traditional fellowship lunch that we always have. Okay, so if you're interested, please reach out to any of our elders okay, and tell them that, uh, indicate your interest. Okay, and tomorrow, which is the 15th of May, at 5 p.m., there'll be a church board meeting at the exercise room outside. So if you're involved, uh, please turn up. Okay, okay, so... Before we start, let us quieten our hearts, you know, settle down for worship and begin with a verse. So if you can, please turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. Okay, and I will read it. Now let us consider how we may spur one another on, on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us welcome the worship team to the stage. But never mind, I'll ask again. Uh, how's the church feeling today? Feeling good? Who had a rough week? Raise your hands. Oh, that's good to see. Nobody had a rough week. Some I can see over there. I hope that uh, whatever troubles you're going through now, it's going well. It's uh, going to be solved soon. But hey, we're at the end of the week. We're all here together to worship the Lord. So let's quieten our hearts. Let's soothe our minds as we... Uh, sing the first song together, Broken Vessels.
let us proclaim our belief in by singing this song called This I Believe and um, like proclaim our belief on our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Now is the time for tithe and offerings. This is an opportunity to share your blessings that the Lord has given to you and give back to the Lord. Okay. These offerings will be used to support the church and its work. So may I invite the ushers to help collect the offering. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing these people to church to worship and praise your name. Lord, you have seen these offerings and I pray that you bless them and the congregation. Multiply these offerings and put them in the right places to further your mission. Thank you for listening to our prayer and answering Christ, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, before we sing our next song, I'd like to do a little sharing. Uh, so this week originally... Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to sing because uh, I was feeling a little tired. So we actually invited Daniel over here. So thank you to Daniel for, for accepting the offer. But uh, last night, I felt suddenly compelled to sing because I felt that um, I wanted to express myself not only through my bass, but through my voice as well. So can I get the church to sing with us as we sing uh, As The Deer?
now prepare our hearts for the garden of prayer. Let us all kneel if you are able to kneel. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you on this wonderful and blessed Sabbath day. We thank you and we praise you for all you have given to us. We thank you for providing and sustaining us through the weeks, through the months, through the years, and we lift up your name in worship today. This week, we've been blessed with the opportunity to come back to church to worship. It is a privilege that's been granted to us, and we give thanks for the youth that have led our song service for the space that we have to worship together and also for our sermon later which will be shared to us by Elder Michael we thank you for sheltering us and providing for us for loving us unceasingly and for always showing that you're the God that cares for us and is there for us as we continue into our worship today into our service, into our sermon may you be with the congregation here and those at home, be with them Bless their hearts and our hearts as we prepare to receive the message from Elder Michael. Today we lift up especially Joel and Jason Lim. You know, during the pandemic, even though our numbers here are growing, it's still difficult to see each other every Sabbath. And we pray that you continue to watch over them. We pray that you continue to be with them, to help them to grow and to be examples of you as they continue to walk with you on this narrow path you've set them on. They've been faithful servants for you, Lord. And I pray that you continue to teach and grow with them. For the congregation here, we thank you for listening to our prayers, for every need and want that we have in our hearts, for being with us and for bringing us back here week after week. Forgive our transgressions, Lord, and help us to keep your word and your laws and your love in our hearts. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated.
Thank you, worship team. That was very nice. Okay, now let's do our scripture reading. May I ask everyone to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8. I'll give you some time to turn. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8. Okay, now, if you can, may you, may, let's read together. Okay, if you dig a pit, you fall in it. If you, dig if you break through a wall, a snake bites you. Now may I invite Michael Lim to the stage. Good morning. Uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to repeat a sermon that I preached in Upper Serangoon Road when our church was still there. So that's more than 20, that's more than 25 years ago. And so those of you who have been in church members for more than 25 years, you may go to sleep. You probably would have heard this before. And uh, I actually have prepared this for the children. So those of you who are adults, you, you, you have been listening to the sermon from week to week and the children have been bored. So today is the children's turn and the adults can be bored, all right? I will excuse you if you fall asleep. Now, preachers usually come up here with a Bible, but I've come here with a red bag. And uh, inside this bag, I, I won't tell you what's inside yet. But children, if you want to know what's inside and you want me to share some of this with you, would you want to come and sit in the front? Yeah, you can come to a seat in the front. Not, not up here, you sit there, all right? Uh, on the seats, that's more comfortable. You come to the middle, come to the middle, yeah, okay, good. All right, the bag is there. Uh, you would, don't know what's inside. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you a very, very long story. And at the end of the story, I'm going to ask you a few questions. If you answer the question correctly, I'll give you one of these things from inside there. If you, get, you answer two correctly, you get two, three. You answer three questions, you get three. If you answer five questions or more correctly, you get stomachache. Because... <laughs> All right, so here's a story. A long, long time ago, very, very long ago, in a place that is very, very far away, there was a very, very powerful king. I first read about this king uh, when I was reading the King James Version of the Bible, and his name given there was King Ahasuerus. Now, in the modern translations, they call him King Xerxes. So I prefer the name Ahasuerus because I've got the word aha, you know. <laughs> we find something interesting. Maybe I look inside, I say, aha, I see something there. All right, so King Ahasuerus was very powerful and he ruled over a very large part of the world in those days. It was very long ago. And uh, those places he ruled included 127 provinces in about seven countries. You know what the, what, want to know what the countries are? Okay, let's imagine there's a big map over here. And over here, you know where Africa is? In the northeastern part of Africa, there's a country called Ethiopia. And that was a country that King Ahasuerus was ruling over. And from 
that uh, Ethiopia, if you cross the Red Sea, you will come to which country? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not India yet. It's Saudi Arabia. Now, from Saudi Arabia, you cross the Caspian Sea. What, you, what country you come to? It's Middle Persia. In those days, long ago, they call it Middle Persia. Today, it's Iran and Iraq area, all right? So, Middle Persia over there. And if you move over from Middle Persia, it's today's Afghanistan. And Afghanistan, you move somewhere, you get Pakistan. And somewhere, then you come to India. Yes, at last, India, all right? So, those are all the countries that he ruled over. And he had many, many people to help him. Because 127 provinces, he needed 120 uh, well, uh, advisors or helpers. And he was a very powerful king. He was very rich also. And so one day he said, Ah, my, my empire is so great, I'm going to celebrate. And so they wanted to celebrate. You know, it's not like Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year, they celebrate for how many days? 15 days. But this king wanted to celebrate in his empire for 160 days. That's six, for six months. He wanted to celebrate for six months. And during these six months, he said, okay, you know, in those days, they didn't eat chicken rice. What they, what they wanted most when they celebrated was to drink wine. And so that was the most important thing to them. The king said, anybody who wanted to drink wine, you may drink as much as you like. Those of you who don't want to drink wine, you don't have to drink. It's free for, you know, you make the choice. And so everybody was very happy. So all day, enjoyed themselves. They celebrated for six months. At the end of the six months, over the 127 provinces, the king said to his uh, palace people, Say, hey, you all have worked very hard. You, you uh, planned this celebration for so many provinces. Now I give you one more week to celebrate just in uh, you know, our city here. And so they had another seven days of celebration. And during these seven days of celebration, what was the important thing for them? Wine. Uh, yes, wine. So they, they drank wine very, very freely. So the king had some of his uh, commanders and uh, administrators to help him. So in the palace, they were there sitting down and drinking wine. So this king was drinking and all the officers there helping him, they were all drinking. And you know, after some time, what happened to them? Oh, they get drunk. But if they're totally drunk, it's not so bad. Because if they're totally drunk, they just fall down, they vomit out and they just don't do anything. But you know, when they were half drunk, it was even worse. This king and all his officers were half drunk. And when they were half drunk, they do funny things. When I was very young, I saw in, in my village, when the, some of the people got drunk, they would just start dance and sing song, you know, and it was okay. But there were some other people who got drunk and then they started to fight. But this king and his officers, when they got drunk, this king said, hmm, you know, in those days, we all actually think with our head, but in those days, they think with their beard. The king said, hmm. So he stroked his beard, then he started to think. And he said, ah, 
I want to show off to these people what I have that these people all don't have. So he told his uh, officers, your wife is not pretty. <laughs> your wife also not pretty. He said, my wife is very pretty. So I want you all to see how pretty my wife is. So he, well, and then seven eunuchs came. You know, if you don't know what eunuchs are, you, you ask your daddy later on, okay? I have no time to, to explain to you. But don't ask your mommy. Uh, so the eunuchs came and the king told the eunuchs, you go to the palace there where the queen is uh, having uh, some party with all the ladies. Tell the queen, the king wants her to come dressed in her best clothes, wear the crown and to show these people how beautiful she is. These eunuchs went there and asked the queen to come. The queen said, what? The king wants me to wear clothes and crown, go there and show this drunkard to look at me. No, 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 I'm not going. So she said, I don't want to have all these drunk men look at me like that. We women have got dignity. We don't want to give way to what these men demand. And so the eunuchs came back and told the king, said, king, the queen doesn't want to come. The king said, started the thing. Oh, said, don't want to come? Cannot. You know the king's order must be obeyed. So he and his advisors came. You know, he has some advisors to help him. So he asked his advisors. I think there were about seven of them. He asked them, he said, you know, I ordered the queen to come. She refused. What does... The laws say, our kingdom has got laws. Everybody must obey these laws, even the queen. So, what, what does the law say about what must be done to the queen? So, these seven men, they also started to think here and... <laughs> and, and after thinking for some time, one of the seven, uh, one of the seven advisors told the king, Oh, king, this is very serious. You know, the queen has not just offended you. The queen has offended all the men in the city and in all the 127 provinces. Because why? After some time, all the, all the ladies in 127 provinces will hear the news that the king ordered the queen to come and the queen refused. Then all the women in 127 provinces will tell their husbands. The king ordered the queen, also the queen didn't want to come. So we don't have to obey our husbands. So we, are, wow, so they started women's liberation, maybe. I don't know. But they, you know, then the, the king said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very serious, huh? So after that, if that happens, all our 127 provinces, I tell you, there will be turmoil, chaos, and there will be topsy-turvy, husbands and wives will be quarreling, and uh, the country will be divided. And so, they asked the advisors, what must be done? The advisors say, mm, mm, mm. Uh, this queen must get lost. She must not be queen anymore. Put her away. Banish her. Don't ever let her come into the palace to see you again. Uh, that will teach her a lesson. And then all the women in all the provinces will know. Oh, 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 like that, we better be careful. 
And the king then said, ah, good idea. So the, the, the king wrote a command, you know, the order. Now, you know the order of the Medo-Persian Empire, the, the rule of the Medes and Persians. Once a law is given by the king and sealed with his, uh, they put wax on it and he put his ring there so that there is an image of the ring that cannot be changed. And so the queen was removed from the palace. Ah, now the king felt very good for one day, two days, three. But after about seven days, after a week, two weeks, the king was in his palace. Ah, yeah, now he felt very lonely. He said before he had his wife to chat with and then, you know, to uh, joke. And he had company. He was very happy. Now he was alone. He felt very sad. And when the king was very sad, you know, his face looked very, very sad and does not look happy at all. All the advisors also worried. So the advisor came to the king and said, King, why your face like that? What's wrong? Then they realized the king was very unhappy because he was very lonely. The, 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 the queen, his wife, was gone. And he made the order when he was half drunk. And he now uh, maybe regret a bit. But the law cannot be changed. The queen cannot come back. And so the officers, the, the advisors told the king, why don't you do this? You write another order to all the 127 provinces and let and tell all the people in charge to select the most beautiful girls, most beautiful virgins. If you don't know what virgins are, ask your mommy later on, okay? Uh, now, you select the most beautiful virgins and bring them to the capital of uh, Medo-Persia, you know, Persia where the king's capital was. The, the capital city was called Susa. It's not Malay. Malay Susa means very bad, but uh, this, is, this is a name in Persian. And they brought to the, to the capital city in Persia all the most beautiful girls from all the 127 provinces. And you know among them, there was one man called Mordecai. Mordecai was a Jew. He had a cousin called Esther. Uh, not Esther Gerber, but the Esther, all right? And uh, so Mordecai and Esther were cousins, but their ages were very, very different. Cousins usually are nearly the same age, but Mordecai was much older than Esther. And Esther's father, mother passed away. She became an orphan, so Mordecai took her to be like his daughter and brought her up and took care of her. And when King Nebuchadnezzar conquered that part of uh, Israel in those days, and Mordecai and Esther were brought as slaves to this uh, area here. I think in those days they call it, uh, what's that, Babylon. Uh, it's also in the, the Medo-Persia area, Mesopotamia. And so they were there as slaves. So Esther was there and she was pretty, very nice looking lady. She was also chosen to, by, by the, all the officers to be in the king's palace. You know, all these ladies who were brought to the king's palace, before they even go there and let the king see, beautiful or not, beautiful or not, you know, your hair, I don't know, your color, before the king did all this, they were put inside one part of the palace and they would be given one whole year of beauty treatment. Six months with the oil of myrrh. 
and another six months with the oil of balsam until the flesh becomes, the skin becomes very smooth and the flesh becomes very, I don't know how you describe it. Uh, maybe ladies know better. Anyway, after the one whole year of treatment, then they would be brought to the king. And uh, then they will spend one night with the king and the king then will decide whether uh, this, this, uh, this lady, this young lady, good or not. So if the king likes a young lady uh, and thinks that she is a nice lady, then he would call for her to visit him again uh, by name. Otherwise, she would just go to another part of the palace and just stay there. Then one day it was Esther's turn. So when Esther's turn came, you know, Esther had the favor of the person in charge. So the person in charge told Esther, when you go and see the king, you wear this dress, the king likes this, he likes this color, and you do this, and you do that, and Esther listened and obeyed. So when Esther was brought to the king, the king fell in love with Esther, and he made Esther the queen in place of the former queen whose name was Vashti. So, Esther became queen. And after Esther became queen, his cousin Mordecai was given uh, some kind of office to, to bear, some work in the palace. And so, Mordecai became a, a palace official also. Now, everything was all happy and nice. And uh, when the king was happy, he, he stays in his, in his palace and he sleeps in his room. Outside the room there, there will be two guards standing there with weapons to protect the king. When Mordecai was working in the palace, he heard these two men talking. And what were these two men talking? They were saying, this king, he is a tyrant. He has too much power. He has too much money. He, uh, he uh, mistreats a lot of people. We must kill him. That's what they, dis they, they discussed. And Mordecai heard this. When Mordecai heard this, he told Queen Esther, hey, Queen Esther, they're going to kill your husband. And when Esther went and told King Ahasuerus, your two guards are planning to kill you, the king said, huh? They dare to do that? So the king investigated and found, oh, it was true. And so what happened to the two guards? They were executed. In those days, they executed people by hanging, you know. They take a rope, tie them up so that their legs will be dangling and the wind blow, they'll be swinging, ding, ding, dong, dong, like that. <laughs> After that, they die. All right. So these two, uh, these two guards were executed. And then the king said, write it in the record book. We must remember what happened. Well, after this was over, it looked safe. And the king, why well, he said, the kingdom now is quite nice. I think I will relax a little bit. I will appoint somebody to, uh, to rule all this and take the responsibility uh, in my place so I can relax. So he appointed a man. That man's name was Haman. H-A-M-A-N. Now, when Haman was appointed to the highest position just beside the king. The king was number one, Haman was number two, and all the other people, of course, had less power. And so the king also gave the order, whenever 
Haman walk by, you pass you, what must you do? You must bow. If I walk past, you must bow. I walk past, you must bow. So I keep walking, everybody keep bowing like that, you know. And when people bow to Haman, wow, he felt wow, so powerful. So, oh, he was very proud. But then one day when he was walking, everybody was bowing, 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 bowing until he said, wait, this one fellow never bow. Who is that? Mordecai here, you know the story, very good. His name was Mordecai, and that was Esther's uh, Esther's cousin. And Mordecai didn't bow. Haman would look at him. What's this guy doing? He's not scared of me. Everyone in the 127 provinces scared of me, but this fellow is not scared of me. So he tried to find out who it was. And the, the other officers told Mordecai, he said, hey, he can kill you. No, you better bow. Better bow. When he comes, bow. Mordecai said, no. I am a Jew. I don't bow to human beings. I only bow to God. And so, Haman saw Mordecai every day pass by. Also, he didn't bow. He was very angry. So, he was thinking what to do. Then, he thought of a plan. He went to the king. He said, oh king, in your kingdom, there is a kind of people who do not Keep your laws. They have their own funny laws. They keep the Sabbath. I think they do, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they keep their own laws. They don't keep the king's laws. So these people are not profitable for your, king, for your kingdom. So in all the 127 provinces, all these people destroy them. Destroy them. Okay, kill them. So you see, a Haman wanted to kill Mordecai together with all the Jews. And that was, wow, I tell you, was something very terrible. And then Haman told the king, see, if you agree to let me handle this and kill all the Jews in your kingdom, I will put into your treasury, you know, into your account, oh, a lot of silver. You know how much silver? You know the double-decker buses that go into Singapore? You know each one's how heavy? Can you lift it? No, he, you know, Haman told uh, the, the, the king, he said, I will put into your treasury um, the amount of silver that's equivalent to 40 double-decker buses. Wow, that's a lot. 40 double-decker buses, same weight of silver they put into his treasury. Oh, well, the king said, well, you know, you are the highest in the kingdom beside me. Go ahead, do what you want. And so, Haman wrote the decree that all the Jews must be destroyed. But before he wrote that decree, he had to decide which day to do it so that the whole 127 provinces will all do it on the same day. And in order to decide on the day, they, had, uh, they, they cast lots. In that country uh, where King Ahasuerus was reigning, they call the casting of lots Purim, P-U-R-I-M. But in Singapore, we call it Tikam Tikam. <laughs> so they just Tikam Tikam to see which day is the best day to kill all the Jews. And when they Tikam Tikam, they, the, the, the lot fell on December 13th. The 13th day of the last month of the year. And so 
Haman wrote all these things, they translated into all the 127 provinces' language, and then all, the, all these were sent to all the uh, provinces. But in those days, they did not have WhatsApp. So they couldn't just press two or three buttons and everybody knew. They got to write all these things, translate and write out 127 pieces of paper and all these would be uh, given to 127 horse riders. And the king kept a stable of many horses and they all would sit on the horse and ride on the horse and giddy up, giddy up and then they would go to all the different provinces. All right, And then they would spread. The, the decree, so that everybody would know. Well, when this decree went out, they were all very, the, the Jews were all very, very sad. You know, they, they, they said, ah, oh, finish, we are going to die. And uh, Mordecai, Mordecai, Esther's cousin, well, he was so sad, he did not wear his normal clothes. He wore a sackcloth. Do you know what sackcloth is? Something like gunny sack. You know that kind of cloth? Uh, made of jute. If you don't know what jute is, you see sometimes Chinese funeral. Some people wear the the brown, the, the brown colored uh, cloth, uh, like a, like check that kind. Of. And they they were mournful. And people who wore that kind of sackcloth are not allowed to go into the temple. But Mordecai uh, went around not in the not in the what, what did I say temple? I said I should say uh, palace. Sorry. Now Mordecai went around the city. And what did he do in the city? He said, Liao la, Liao la, finish la. we are all going to die. Ah. Habes, habes, no. <laughs> uh, the end of life, no more life for us. Uh, the decree has gone out. We are going to die December 13. And the people looked at him because of what he was saying and what he was doing. They said, this man, is he crazy? Or not? Oh, he's actually Esther's cousin. So they went to the palace and told Esther, hey, your cousin is Xiao Ting Dong. <laughs> he went around talking nonsense, uh, saying all things that, you know, like so sad. Well, Esther was in the palace. She didn't know what decree was spread to all the 127 provinces. So she gave to one of her ser uh, servants, said, take these clothes, ask Mordecai to change, don't wear sackcloth, come to the palace, and find out, I find out what? Mordecai refused. I don't want to wear those clothes. Then Esther sent another servant and said, okay, ask him what's the problem. The servant went and Mordecai told the servant, oh, we are all going to die. The decree has been spread that all the Jews will be killed on December 13. And here is a copy of the decree. I don't know who he got the copy, but he had a, the copy and he told the servant, bring it to Esther. Let her read for herself. So Esther read it. So, oh, like that, what to do? So, uh, Mordecai told Esther, go to the king. Ask the king for help. The king is your husband. You ask him for help. And Esther said, you know, in this kingdom, the law, the law of the palace is if the king didn't ask you to come and you go there and see him, he doesn't like your face, you're finished. So the king has not asked to see me for one whole month already. So if I go there now, he doesn't like, then I finish. 
Then Mordecai says, you don't think you stay in the palace, you'll be safe. Huh? You are still a Jew. If all the Jews in the whole kingdom are all exterminated, genocide. Okay. Then, you know, you also will not be safe. So Esther then told the servant, okay, go and tell Mordecai, you and, and uh, tell all the Jews, fast for three days. Don't eat, don't drink. And me in the palace with all my servants, don't eat, don't drink for three days. Then I go to the king. If the king likes me, good. If not, I die, I die, what to do? And so on the third day, Esther went to the king. And the king was sitting in his throne room, sitting there maybe by himself, a little moody. And then he saw Esther at the other end of the room there. And Esther came. And he saw Esther. What happened? Well, he liked Esther. And the law was, if the king likes you, he will hold up the golden scepter. That's a stick made of gold. And he will hold it up to you. You go there and you touch the tip of it, then you are safe. So he held up this stick to Esther. Esther came, touch it. She's safe. Then the king asked, what do you want? Esther says, uh, king, if you love me, if, uh, you, if I have favor in your sight, uh, what I want you to do is, I want you and Haman to come to my part of the palace tonight and have dinner. Oh, have dinner. No problem. Dinner is very easy. You want Haman to come? Oh, yeah. Okay. No problem. So the king gave an order. Haman, come. So Haman came. said, dinner tonight. Esther is the host. Oh, very good. The king and queen has dinner for me alone. Oh, very good. So that evening, the, uh, the king and Haman went to Esther's part of the palace and they had dinner. After eating a little bit, the king asked Esther, okay, you said you're going to tell me what you want during dinner. Now tell me. Esther said, okay, if, I, if you love me, if you find me, having, if you want to give favor to me, you want to help me, I, I, what I want is, I want you and Haman to come to another dinner tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, the king actually wanted to know. Uh, and now Esther is keep him uh, in suspense. So the king said, okay, okay, all right. Haman, remember tomorrow night, dinner again. Okay. So they went home. Haman went home to his house. When he got home, he called his wife, he called his friends. He said, oh, you know, wife, you see, friends, you see how powerful I am. Number two in the kingdom. And you see all my sons, ten of them. So handsome, so nice. And see all the riches I have. And you know today, the king and the queen had a dinner and a banquet only for me, no one else. And what's more, tomorrow there's one more dinner for me. Wow. You know, I'm really very happy. Then he said, but you know, what's all these things? They are useless when I see one person standing, don't want to bow to me. I don't have absolute power. I want everyone to obey. So as long as Mordecai is standing there and not bowing, all these don't, don't mean very much. Then the queen I mean, uh, the, uh, Haman's wife and his friends said, Ayah, Haman, 
You are number two in the kingdom. You have all the power you want. Why don't you just build a gallows 75 feet high? You know how high that is? I think about six stories, you know, HDB flat. Say, wow, build a gallows six, six stories high. And you hang Mordecai on it. Then tomorrow you go and enjoy your, your banquet. Wow. Then Amos said, that's a good idea. And he gave instruction, build the gallows straight away, right through the night. Uh, work was done. And uh, I don't know how they managed to do it, but they got it done by the next day. And uh, then Haman, early in the morning, was going to the palace to, tell, to ask the king. He said, okay, I'm going to hang Mordecai over here. But you know, that night, the king in his palace couldn't sleep for I don't know what reason. And because he couldn't sleep, ah, he says, bring something to read for me. You know, I think the king was like me. When I cannot sleep, if I read history books, I sure fall asleep. <laughs> Sorry, those of you who like history, but not me. All right? And the king was like me, so he said, he couldn't sleep. He said, come and read, read all those things that happened, you know, like history. And then they brought the history record out and they read to the king, oh, on this day, uh, two guards planned to kill the king and uh, was discovered by Mordecai and uh, it was reported and it was found out to be true and the two uh, guards were executed. Mm. The king said, was anything done for Mordecai to reward him? The people said, no, nothing was done. No reward was given to him. Oh, the king said, I must reward him because he saved my life. And that night, no, he was waiting till the morning thinking what to do to reward Mordecai. And here in the morning, uh, Haman was coming to the palace to tell the king, I want to hang Mordecai. And the king says, I want to reward Mordecai. Here were two persons. Number one and number two in the kingdom. Both had different ideas. And so when Haman came early in the morning to the palace, the people told the king, someone is there wanting to see you. Said, Who is it? Said, it's Haman. Oh, let him come in. Let him come in. Good, good, good. I want to ask him something. So when Haman came in, he, before Haman would say, I want to hang Mordecai, the king spoke first. The king said, Haman, there is someone in my kingdom I want to honor very, very much. What must I do for this person I want to honor? And Haman was thinking, who does he want to order? Uh, who, wants, who does he want to honor more than me? I'm number two. And so he started to think of what things he could enjoy. And so he told the king, all right. This is what I want you to do to honor the man you like the most. He thought he was the one. So he said, let the king take out his purple robe. You know, the purple robe was the, like the formal wear by the, by the emperor to show that he was the emperor, he was the king. So let the king's clothes be taken out, put on this person. Let the king's crown be put on this person. And let the king's horse be brought out so that this person wearing the king's robe and wearing the king's crown will sit on the horse and let 
somebody who is higher than him pull the horse. He thought maybe the king will pull the horse. <laughs> let someone higher than him pull the horse through the city and let everybody see and as, go, as he goes around, say, this is the man the king wants to honor the most. This is the man the king wants to honor the most. And uh, then the king said, okay, very good, Haman. Bring the crown. Haman said, oh, the crown coming. And the king said, bring out the robe. Oh, the robe is coming. And the uh, king said, bring out the king's horse. Wow, what a, what a ride. And then the king said, all these things do to Mordecai. <laughs> he got the biggest shock of his life. To do, do to Mordecai, he thought it was going to do for him. Mordecai, king, are you sure you don't have uh, amnesia? Uh, you said the right thing. Well, but the king said, yeah, do to Mordecai. And so Haman had no choice. He had to put the rope on Mordecai. He had to put the crown on Mordecai and let Mordecai climb onto the horse. And then the king says, you are higher in position than Mordecai. You pull the horse. And so here was Haman pulling the horse. Uh, this is the man the king wants to honor the most. <laughs> this is the king, the, the man the king wants to honor the most. And went round the city. Wow, after going round the city for many hours, wow, he was very tired. Then when it was all over, he went home. And when he got home, he told his wife, his friends, say, why friends, come, I want to tell you something terrible. <laughs> said, oh, all these things that happened, he told the friends and the wife. And then the wife and the friends told Mordecai, it was 10 or 12 o'clock already. Should I stop now to continue next day? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, okay. See, 12 o'clock. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, then he got home and then the, the wife and the friends told him, Haman, Mordecai is a Jew. If you start to fall uh, in favor of the king, and Mordecai now is winning the favor of the king. You lose to Mordecai, you are finished. Wow, he was very sad. He had no appetite to go to the next uh, banquet that Queen Esther had invited him. But uh, he, he was dilly-dallying, he didn't want to go. But you know, because he was late, the king sent his uh, eunuchs. And the eunuchs came and said, Hey, Haman! That's time for the banquet. So they pulled him and brought him to the palace for Queen Esther's banquet number two. And now during the banquet, well, the king actually didn't know that, Mordecai, uh, that, that Haman was very, very sad. And uh, so during this banquet, after eating halfway, the king asked Esther, now, you told me that during this second banquet, you are going to tell me what you want. Now, tell me. Then Queen Esther told the king, you know, king, me and my people are all sold. We, are, uh, we have been sentenced to die. If they want to uh, capture us and make us slaves, I won't bother you. But our lives are important. So, you know, someone is planning to kill me and all my 
all my uh, uh, people of my race. The king said, huh? Who dares to do a thing like that to my queen? And the queen, uh, Esther said, the man is this guy, Haman. Oh, the king heard this. He was very angry. And during and from the banquet where Esther had, while well, the king was angry, he walked out of the of, of the uh, of the uh, banquet hall into the garden. And I think if you looked at him very carefully at the time, you probably see steam coming out from his nose, fire coming from his mouth, just like the dragon. Wow, oh, he was very very angry. He went out, oh, 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 breathing with great anger, but inside, Haman knew. It was finished for him. So he tried to beg the queen for mercy. You know, in, in that palace there, when they had dinner, they don't sit at the table like you have one dining table and six chairs around, no. They had a, a reclining chair, you know, for uh, the big shots to lie down and then they eat grapes maybe and, and they enjoy themselves. So Esther was on this reclining chair and Haman knew his life was in danger. So he went on to the reclining chair and, and uh, got hold of Esther and said, please, please, uh, uh, pardon me. At this time, the king walked back inside. He said, how can he even try to rape the queen uh, in front of me? Oh, I cannot do that. Oh, finish, cannot. That's too bad. And exactly at that time, another officer told the king, you know we, what we just found out in Haman's house? Gallo, 75 feet high. He wanted to hang Mordecai on it. You know what the king said? <laughs> Very good. Okay, I will give you an extra one of these afterwards, okay? Hang Haman on it. And so Haman was hanged. But you know, that's not the end of the story. Although it's over, it's past 12 o'clock. <laughs> now, the, the, the story was that the, the decree given out that the Jews and Esther was going to be destroyed cannot be changed. And so Esther went to the king and said, you know, can you do something about this, please? And the king said, well, you know, the decree cannot be changed. But that, I tell you what you can do. I make Mordecai number two in the kingdom now. And the ring that the king gave to Haman before, so that the image of the ring would be on the, uh, like a signature. He gave to Mordecai now. And so asked Mordecai, you write all these uh, letters, like a decree, to spread to 127 provinces and tell the people, all the Jews, that if anybody attack you, you are allowed to fight back. And because Mordecai became more and more powerful, a lot of people got scared of the Jews. And some of the people who were not Jews also said, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew. You know, some of the people uh, also came to be like that. And so, the, when, when the time came, December 13, the people who wanted to attack the Jews and destroy them, they were scared, shivering. In fact, the Jews overpowered them and destroyed many of them. I, I, I can't remember the exact number. But... That was exactly what happened. And so, uh, that's at the end of the story, then uh, uh, Mordecai told all the, all, all the Jewish people, December 13, wow, we are supposed to be destroyed. But you see, 
when December 13 came, we are delivered. We are, we, we, we are uh, victorious. And so, uh, Mordecai wrote letters to all the 127 provinces and said, remember December 14, because 13 was the day where we fought. Uh, 14 and 15, we, uh, we, we were victorious. We must celebrate that as uh, the Tikam Tikam festival. They call it the Purim, uh, festival of Purim. So in uh, local language, it's Tikam Tikam festival. And so this story is, well, it's a very long story, but uh, I hope you just won't just listen to the story. You know what our memory verse was? See, you forgot. You only want to remember the story. <laughs> Which book was it taken from? No, not Esther. The memory verse just now. Ecclesiastes. It says a person who digs a hole will fall into the hole. So what are we supposed to learn from there? Don't be like Haman. Yeah, because Haman planned something bad for other people. He himself got it. So in life, you know, when we grow up, we must always have a good heart. We must always try to good, do good to other people with a good intention. Uh, don't try to plan something bad for other people. And then the good things will come back to you. If you plan something bad, the bad thing may come back to you. So that is one of the lessons. But of course, there are other lessons like Esther, you know, when she was asked to go to the king and ask the king for help, she said, well, you know, I'm not supposed to go to him. But if I go to him and he doesn't find favor in me, if I die, I what? If I die, I die. You know, I will die for a good cause. You know, but I'm prepared to uh, do something for God's people. And so we, we must remember to not plan something bad for others. And we must be willing to do good for the sake of God's people. And the church is God's people. And when you are a member of the church, Let's all support one another and make sure that we are all uh, safe and secure and victorious in the end, victorious over death, victorious over sin, and so Jesus will be our saviour. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, before that, I said I was going to ask you some questions, all right? Uh, you know what I'm going to give you? <laughs> you know what's this? <laughs> uh, well, you answered the question just now, okay. I answered You also answered? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You answered also? Yeah, you also answered. Yeah, okay, here, here. Okay, okay. You also answered, right? Okay. Yeah, everyone answered. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, you also answered? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here. You take the, take, take the whole bit, take the whole bit. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uncle Michael for that uh, wonderful sermon. So now as we sing our last song, I'd like to invite the church to stand up as we sing our last song. Huh? It's not an 
We thank you for your leading, your guidance, your protection and care to all your people in the past and also in the present. As we leave this place, Lord, may your spirit continue to fill our hearts. May we continue to trust in your protection and care each day. Amen. Amen. Thank you.